be a good time to start recording the show. Yeah. Now's as good a time as any. Welcome to the Dan and Jordan Show, right here on gradio.ca. Edmonton's best local station. You're tuned in for some fun, because it's Saturday at 7 o'clock, and we're going to make some stuff up for you. That's right, so get ready to enjoy what you hear, or not, up to you. But I like it. I'm just going to bring it up, because it's obvious. You have a cold. Yeah. And this is the first day on the shuttle, and we weren't supposed to bring germs onto the shuttle. So... I'm going to have to quarantine you or something. Well, I don't How long quarantine. is this cold going to be around? Well, I don't know. A couple of days at least, couple right? D- okay, we'll quarantine for a couple of days. Why don't it be a couple of days quarantine? Come on, just let it slide. I'm sure it'll be fine. We can't let it slide. NASA does not let things slide. That's not how we got here, astronaut. Come on. You know the rules. Well, I somehow managed to fool the germ scanners back on Earth. You didn't even recognize this as a problem until I went... <laughs> It's because the cold was inside of you, but now it's coming outside of you. Well, I thought I held in the sneeze pretty effectively, but you have a pretty good ear. My hearing is excellent. It was one of the reasons why I was chosen to be this ship's ears, listening for things in space. What, like mutinies and stuff? Things like that? or? Well, I didn't think mutiny was going to be a problem. I thought that was mostly a pirate problem. I don't want there to be a mutiny up here. Me either. But if people start going to quarantine and other people start hearing about this pirate-like mentality you're bringing to the table, then... I'm not trying to be a tyrant. I'm okay, just trying well. to protect the crew. If your germs get outside of you, they spread around in the spaceship, then all of a sudden, everybody's getting infected. Everybody's got a cold. Nobody is knowing what's going on. I could tell you right now four or five other people who have a cold. What? Yeah. Really? Absolutely. So it's already spreading. Well, I feel like, you know, we probably all brought various colds up here. I don't think they're the same strain. I think it's five separate God. strains of the cold. That's even worse. Separate strains of the cold are attracted to each other. It'll mutate and generate new colds that more people will catch. Well, you're going to quarantine five of us? Well, yeah. That's like 75% of your crew. I guess we'll have to do the mission with 25%. Okay, you're not thinking straight. Let me feel your head. A little bit warm, quite frankly. I've gotten heated in this little exchange, a heated exchange. Yeah, I see a little bit of uh, maybe something dripping from your nose, too. What is that? Well, yeah, but that's... I dipped my nose in coffee earlier. You dipped your nose in coffee. Yes. And a lovely cup of coffee. Coffee? Yes, coffee. Okay, I was trying to get you to cough by saying coffee. I thought maybe I could... Your mind would just draw the parallel between the, wor- the word similarity and the cough. I thought maybe... Okay, fine. Well, you don't have a doctors cold. Doctors don't scream coffee at patients when they want them to cough. I'm not here for my doctoring abilities, okay? I'm here for my ability to shovel coal into the engines. Metaphorically, of course, you know. Keep the ship fueled up. Of course. That's what I'm here for. Not being a doctor. I don't know anything about that stuff. Were you with the doctor? Is the doctor one of the five people that you have contaminated? I didn't contaminate, all right? These are five separate strains. Separate strains. And probably, you know, pretty vicious ones if they manage to survive NASA's germ screening that we all have to go through. So I'm assuming they're pretty nasty versions of the cold, granted. Well, the germ screening only really picks up germs that are on the outside of you, you know? So when we get blasted with all that puffy stuff, that air in that chamber, and then we come onto the ship, it's all outside stuff. They don't make you drink anything. Oh, one of the engineers made me drink this stuff and said, oh, yeah, now the germs on your inside are all cleared out too. But he was laughing when he gave it to me, so. You know, there's no place for laughter aboard this ship. We don't let anybody who laughs 
Come aboard this ship. Okay, well, that I understand, okay? I'm, I'm taking that seriously. But this germs thing, I think you could probably afford to let slide a little bit. The only way I can let it slide is if I didn't know it was there. Okay, well, I can continue to hold in my sneezes as best I can. When I cough, I can make a loud noise so that you won't have to hear the cough. <laughs> oh, and you're going to applaud, too. If I have an extended coughing fit, maybe I'll applaud for a while. People think something impressive just happened. If you start bowing and people join in, you can absorb those applause and feel really great about your leadership on this shuttle. You know, I wondered when we went to that astronaut symphony last month before getting on this shuttle and doing our mission, why, when I was watching the symphony perform, I heard a man cough and then applaud, and then everybody started applauding. Yeah, that was me. And it ruined the entire symphony. Oh, I thought it really enhanced it, actually. I had actually got a form of the cold just before that symphony, a week before we were set to go on the journey. So I, you know, I took some pretty heavy antibiotics, but I didn't get a chance to finish them off. And I felt better. But then as soon as we got into space, I started feeling it again. So, you know, it's possible that I didn't kill all the bacteria off and they grew stronger. Possible. It was in our astronauts training guide that said, do not get sick before the mission. I'm not going to show NASA that I have antibiotics. They're going to be like, what, you got a cold or something? I said, no, no way. Not me. Not this guy. <coughs> and they were completely happy with that. They started bowing, and I just went on through. No problem. When I said I wanted you to get things in ship shape on the ship, I wasn't really talking about, you know, changing the way the ship looks, like the shape of the ship itself. I was very happy with the traditional boat design of the ship previously. I actually meant that you just, you know, clean up what exists already. You know, the existing ship gets cleaned up, not you warp it into some new form. Right, I see. I mean, there's a lot of ship shapes out there. I went with the one I liked, which is, admittedly is different from a standard ship. It's a more modern design. It's more modern, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Sharp angles, lots of triangles, some swooms, which are a Swedish shape. Well, I prefer the more classic pirate-style ship myself, which is why I bought the ship that I bought in the first place. I thought when I hired a ship shaping company, they would come in, they'd make my boat ship shape, everything would be clean, and I could just go on my way, plunder the seven seas. There are many shapes around you. You are on a ship. Welcome to the shape ship. I also am not really appreciative of how you changed the name of my ship to the shape ship, okay? It had a very traditional Spanish sailing name, like a traditional pirate would. Yes, it was a lovely name. But now I have replaced what was the name of your ship. El with Conquistador. El Conquistador. With an actual shape. The shape does have a name, but it is also a shape. Well, a series of shapes, I should say. Triangle, square, circle. And splurm. And splurm. The Swedish shape, of course. We worked with shape architects for months designing this shape. The best designers and the best shapists in all of Europe. I appreciate the craftsmanship that clearly went into this design. I appreciate it on an aesthetic level. And yeah, maybe if I walk to the harbor and somebody else owns this boat, I'm like, this is a pretty good boat. I can see myself on this ship, captaining it as a freelancer. But the minute it comes to me buying my own ship, it's pirate ship time all the way. You can also see yourself on this ship because I have installed mirrors 
on the masts. And inside of the captain's, the place where I steer the boat. Yes. The captain's place where you steer the boat. I have left your name tag up there. Thank you. I like that. Captain's place where he steers the boat. It's cute. I left that. But the mirrors inside of that chamber are so unnerving. I don't like to see myself steer the ship. I get very self-conscious in my steering. I thought that you would want to observe yourself. The captain of a ship, observing yourself all the time, seeing yourself at the helm, reflecting. I want to reflect, exactly, but I don't want to see my reflection. I just want to reflect on the sea. I want to see the sea. If you want to reflect, then take a walk to the stern of your ship where you will find the reflective pool, an infinity pool. It runs right off of the edge in a parallelogram which is the shape that I've chosen for your pool. And if you look, it matches the horizon. Yeah, I can't even tell what the real horizon is and what's part of the ship anymore. That's the problem. I used to sit on the deck of my ship. I'd reflect while looking at the ocean, knowing clearly where the deck of my ship began and the ocean started, and enjoyed myself. Now all I see is the sea is coming right for me. You know, it's part of my boat now. We wanted to be inspired by the sea, and so we really looked at that when we were creating the pool on your ship. And we thought, you're already on the water. What better than being in the water while you're on the water? Can I just be honest with you? This, this ship here, it really seems like more of a museum piece than a ship you'd sail every day. You know? That's all I'm saying. How many ships do have a museum in them? Yours. Is it at least a naval museum to classic ships? It is a museum of classic shapes. Ugh. Classic sphere. Classic oval. And I know what you're thinking, oval. That already is not a classic because it's like, you know, an accent on a circle. But no, the oval stands in its own right as a classic that people often forget about. I don't know enough about modern ship design for this to mean anything to me. All these ovals just look exactly the same. You could tell me a classic oval, regular oval, or even a sphere. I wouldn't even know the difference. I just know what I like. What about the difference in triangles, for example? Isosceles. Others, which you can view in the Museum of Modern Shapes and Classic modern Shapes. Modern Shapes and Classic Shapes. Just kind of tacked on the end there. Eh, classics, whatever. If we get around to it. This pirate ship used to be a classic with wood salvaged from a 1500s Spanish pirate wreck. The original flag was even included. And you've replaced the flag with a completely white flag. Yes. It's going to look like I'm surrendering to other pirates. You should surrender to the feeling that you get when you look at these shapes and just let your emotions go, you know? What did you do with the cannons? With the cannons, what I was thinking is that we've got all of these cannons taking up all of this space. What better than a long rectangle just made of wood to celebrate the wood of your ship? So we made these rectangles and put them where the cannons were, these rectangles of wood. It's called a plank, all right? And most ships don't have 24 planks, the number of cannons I used to have on this ship. They have one plank. You wanted to have more room to walk. You said that was important to you. I would never walk the plank. I'd make... Ugh. Okay. <laughs> all right. I admit that my technique is a little bit different than everybody else. But this is a dance team, and I'm a dancer. I know that you guys do regular dance, and I do fire dancing. There's a lot of hot coals that will be involved. 
No, you guys usually don't dance on hot coals, but yeah, I'm a fire dancer. It's usually the floor that we're dancing on, actually. So I just figured, you know, you have a good change. I was winning. I brought some hot coals for us all to dance on. I really feel like you probably should have disclosed this to us before you came to our first rehearsal. But you guys said you wanted a sizzling performance. Yes, we did. And you said your performance was going to be hot, hot, hot. Hot, hot, hot. But we were kind of more assuming in the, you know, this is going to be really good sort of sense. This not, is going to be not really you're good. literally going to be on fire. Well, you might literally be on fire if you stay in one place for too long. I would suggest moving around quickly, being agile like a cat. Well, what's the rest of the team supposed to do while you're on this fire? Nobody else has this kind of training. Most of our dancers are trained in ballet or classical dance styles. Yeah, they should do their thing. As long as they apply the techniques of fire dancing, they should be fine. What are the techniques of fire dancing? Be one with the flame. Don't get burnt. Pass through the fire. Don't you understand how those two pieces of advice contradict each other? There was three pieces of advice. Well, but the last two are the ones I really want to focus in on here because don't get burnt, but also pass through the fire, okay? You see what you're trying to sell? You got to move through the fire. Move through the fire. And pass through the fire. If you don't move, you don't pass. Then you get burnt. Then you are not fire dancing. This is not a fire dancing team. The last three recitals we've done have not been fire dances. There was that unfortunate fire that broke out during one of our performances where, yes, technically we did a fire dance, but that was not intentional. Okay. You guys aren't down with dancing on the coals. I get it. It's cool. Get rid of the coals. Thank you. I'll bring in flamethrowers. I know a good flamethrower guy. I don't see how that's any better than the coals. We'll be wielding fire. We'll give the audience flamethrowers. They'll blast fire at us. We will move through the fire. We'll pass through it. Don't get burnt. We're not really an audience participation kind of show, okay? We want the audience to just sit there and enjoy what we've put together for them. Oh, they'll enjoy it. They'll enjoy it. They'll be blasting us with fire. Yeah, but we're fire dancers. We're going to move We are not fire dancers. I assure you of that. A lot of our people do ballet or other modern styles. Very few fire dancers on the team. You're all very talented. And you are too, I'm sure. You come highly recommended. By a lot of fire people. Not by a lot of dance people. Looking at the people we called to talk about you with, yes, it was a lot of fire people. The fire chief, for instance. The fire chief knows me quite well. And that seems troubling for a fire dancer, doesn't it? You'd seem like a fire dancer would not want to be involved with the fire department if they could. The fire department puts fires out. When fires get out of control, yes, they do. But I feel like I can control the fire because I move through the fire. I pass through the fire. I do not get burnt. That's sort of my thing, you know? Well, about that, I don't want to be insensitive, obviously, but from what I can see of your skin, you are quite extensively burnt. I know these look like burns. They do very much look like burns. I mean, I did move through the fire. I feel like I did it. So you might see burns. I might see burns, but I don't think the burns are really there. All right. You know what? We gave Martin a chance when he brought his ridiculous river dance to us. I guess we can try a fire dance for our next recital. You guys only got to dance in a river? I could dance in a river. You're giving up on fire dancing just like that? Just I mentioned rivers and fires go off the table. Just boom, gone. (laughs) 
You have been listening to the Dan and Jordan Show right here on gradio.ca. Edmonton's best local station. Keep listening because we got more laughs coming. And there's even more places to have fun now. You can find us on the web at goodimprov.com. Do you mean to tell me that you want me to do dentistry on your shark, your great white shark? Dennis, I am a dentist for I know people. That. I understand that. But my shark, Dennis, he needs some dental work done. And the fact is, I've seen you do great work on humans before. I do your teeth. I know. I'm happy to do your teeth now. No, I don't need them done now. The last cleaning I got was excellent, and I'm very happy. Okay, good, because my tools are at the office, and I do not want to leave this cocktail party. You throw a wonderful party, and I'm excited to see your shark, Glorious Beast. Dennis is wonderful. Yes, Dennis. Human name. Well, I don't want you to not treat a him human. like I just want you to treat him like anybody else. I can't. He's Up a shark. To it including dentistry. I'm not a vet. I don't even know if that's what a shark would see. A shark vet, maybe? Fish vet. Maybe a fish net. But not me, a human dentist. Look, the last time I came into your shop, I was wearing that shark t shirt, remember? Yeah. I complimented it. Yeah. And I said, Man, you know, I wish I had teeth like this guy, and you laughed. I do appreciate a good joke. And I said, yeah, sure be a challenge to to clean teeth like that, huh? And I said to a dentist, every tooth is a challenge, and I'm a master of challenges, yes. Yeah, so I just kind of put two and two together and thought, who's a better man for the job? I mean, thank you. I appreciate the vote of confidence, but that is a man-eating shark. I don't even fish. I have operated on animals in the past. See, you got some experience. Was it sea life? Everything's sort of sea life because everything evolved from the sea. So in a way, yes. It's going to take a lot of anesthesia and a shark continually swims. Well, we can move them around. We got scuba people. We can swim them around. Not a problem. I'm very invested in this shark's teeth. Now, you say we got scuba people. Yeah. I know that there are people here who scuba dive. You're going to ask other party guests to control the shark while I conduct my dentistry in its mouth? In the interest of full disclosure, I feel like I should let you know that every guest at this party is someone I know professionally who I've kind of subtly put the feelers out about perhaps doing this job with You me. have just asked us all here to perform work Well, I under thought... the ruse of a cocktail party. It's a good cocktail party still. Come on. Great cocktail party. Yes, exactly. How many cocktail parties have a great white shark? Exactly. And a world class dentist. So it is not a ruse. So many world class professionals. Everybody a master in their field. I've got a person who cleans dolphin fins here. I was going to compliment you on the cleanliness of those fins. Well, thank you. I've never seen fins shine like that. I was just going to say, oh, well, you know, you've already shined up all my dolphins' fins. Maybe you want to just take a quick crack at the great white. Whenever I'm lacking in anesthesia. I always go for alcohol. Let's get that shark drinking. Okay, well, we got Fill a lot of alcohol Fill that pool full here. of liquor. Okay, let's do it. After the surgery. A little worse than I was expecting, if I'm being honest. Yes. That drunk shark just acted so belligerently. Yeah, I was pretty surprised. I've never really seen Dennis act that way before. Didn't expect it to drive off. So irresponsible. I thought he's a man-eater. I thought he'd start eating men. Like, that's basically what he'd do. But then he just refused to eat you guys. 
in the interest of full disclosure, I should let you know that I told Dennis before you guys all came that you'd been insulting him all week and that you were going to jump in the pool and try to abduct him. And I didn't, I didn't think it would end this way. I didn't think I'd have to explain myself. I thought you'd all be eaten. And well, you didn't think you'd have to explain yourself. How am I going to explain my missing arms? Well, I know that's. I've got dentistry to do in the morning. I know. I just I thought you would have been smart enough to know that you know sharks lose their teeth after two weeks. I'm not going to spend thousands of dollars on a cocktail party just to have you clean a shark's teeth that are going to be gone in two weeks. I am here to report a leak. I'm in the pirate room, and there's a leak. It seems to have sprung a leak. Oh, I'm uh, terribly sorry to hear that. Well, the entire room has sprung a leak. Yeah. There's water, and I, am I supposed to bail this out? I don't know what the heck. There's a bucket here. Yeah. And, and I don't know what's going on. Like You wanted an authentic pirate experience, did you not? That's what you indicated when you booked with us. Yeah, but I want to sleep comfortably. A pirate never slept comfortably. Well, but this is a, a five-star hotel where people come to relax and That's enjoy right. themselves. We, ta- they, we take the experience very seriously here. Can you do something about the lights? Because the light's always on and it's hot, like a burning sun. Yes, exactly. I just, how am I going to sleep in that? Sir, as I explained before, a pirate is not used to getting a good night's sleep. A pirate is constantly on edge. A pirate believes that at any moment, a knife could be pressed against his windpipe and his life could end. Well, I know it's the pirate room. This is supposed to be fun. Like a fun little holiday. Not somebody coming at me with a dagger. It's ridiculous. What did you believe the pirate life to be before you booked this experience? I thought I would go in there, you know, you'd have like some nice like pirate music. There'd be like pirate wallpaper or something and a big comfy bed for me to sleep in and get a little shut eye and a continental breakfast. Continental breakfast. Think of what you're saying. A pirate's life takes place on a ship off of the continent. I have to scavenge for food in there. Exactly. You have to fight the bigger, stronger pirates if you want to get food. Okay, well, we... I don't want to debate the merits of the pirate room with you. Okay, good, because our hotel pirates are some of the best in the business. Okay, let's just see if there's a different room that I can stay in. Oh, you want a different room. Okay, fine. Would you like the Roman room? Oh, the Roman room sounds fun. It's a lot of fun. A lot of people enjoy it. Is it a comfortable room? It depends. Are you a Christian man? Um, I don't know if I am. I never met Christ. Kind of a heathen, then. Well, does that make me a heathen? Well, if you don't accept Christ in the Roman It's not that I don't room. accept him. So you do accept him. You are a Christian, then. I just don't know him. Okay. Well, either way, I believe you're going to be fed to the lions the moment you step in that room. You have lions in that room? Of course. An authentic Roman experience includes Christians being eaten by lions and heathens. Well, I don't want to be eaten by a lion. We offer an authentic experience at this hotel. We can give you an Egyptian room. An Egyptian, that sounds nice. An ancient Egyptian room. Sounds lovely. Get to see the stars. Absolutely. That'd be beautiful. Always wanted to see the pyramids. The pyramids are still under construction in our Egyptian room because it's an authentic ancient Egyptian experience. You know there's construction everywhere, so that doesn't really bother me. Okay, great. So your economic status currently, I, you're staying at this hotel. I'm assuming you're doing pretty well, probably, you know, middle of the road at least. Yeah, I do okay. Okay, so, well, you won't be a slave building the, the pyramids, so that's nice. Oh, good. However, you will be subject to whatever the pharaoh's will is at the time when you enter the room. I don't know exactly what it will be. A pharaoh? The pharaoh, yes. 
We have a fantastic madman as our pharaoh. He is wonderful. The decisions he makes are so erratic. I once saw him have his guards remove a man's hands merely for clapping at a speech he was giving. That sounds terrible. I always clap when I hear a speech. Well, that's... I clap at the end of movies, too. Play well. Although the pharaoh is very unpredictable in what he chooses to punish. I do like unpredictability. That is why I play the lottery. So maybe the Egyptian room is for you. Possibly. do like my hands, though. Clapping is one of my three favorite things to do. I can give you a couple more options if you'd like. Okay, sure. All right, well, we also have the Victorian London room. Ooh! Which is a lot of fun. Historical. It's very historical, yes, and a time period where the language barrier won't be a problem. With the ancient Egyptian room, you probably don't speak the language, so... No, no, I, I definitely wouldn't speak the language. But, I mean, I do have a little bit of money. But that's kind of a language. They don't really accept modern-day currency back then. There's a lot of scarabs and jewels and that's what have you. That's the trouble with traveling now, you know? Nobody accepts your card or anything. The Victorian room, however, is a little bit more modern, but still like steeped regal. in the history of the past. It's regal, yes. Do you like powdered wigs? Well, in this one, you would, in fact, be an aristocrat, since you have a moderate amount of money. Unfortunately, the peasants have been setting upon aristocrats quite quite frequently inside of that room. Setting on them. Like, ooh, they really like that aristocrat. Let me set on him. Uh, it's more like, I really do not like that aristocrat. Let me remove his head from his shoulders. His head from his shoulders? And sometimes they'll parade it around on a spike if you're prestigious enough. I do like spikes, but I also like wearing hats. If my head were removed from my shoulders, I wouldn't be able to engage in my fourth favorite hobby. Wearing hats. That's a fun hobby. All right, so maybe the Victorian room is not for you. We do have one final room I could offer. Ooh, the volcano room. Well, the volcano room, unfortunately, has been closed because the volcano went off in the last 24 hours, and our staff is working diligently to clean up the mess that was created. A lot of people were preserved doing exactly what they were doing when the volcano room exploded. So it's like art. There's art in there. It's like art, yes. It's a lot like art. It's good to preserve art. So that, well, that's something that we think we do here. We we preserve history exactly as it was and allow you to experience it. I mean, you guys are true to what you say you do. Thank you. We do have the one final room, though. Yes. Let me hear about this last this room. This last room that you're going to really like, okay? This is the modern day room. So basically, it's just a normal five-star hotel room in one of the most prestigious hotels in the city. It's got a, a beautiful view, a balcony, all the amenities that you could ever want. But what makes it special? If I'm being quite honest, many of our guests don't like this room because it's so mundane. It's just a five-star hotel room. You can get that anywhere. Absolutely right. Give me the Roman room. Excellent choice, sir. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Dan and Jordan Show right here on gradio.ca. Edmonton's best local station. We sure have had a good time making up stuff for you today. And next Saturday at 7 o'clock, we're going to do it again. That's right. So if you had a good time, then keep on coming back. Same time, same place next week. Also, come see us on the web at goodimprov.com. You can find our social media there. You can find a whole bunch of funny articles and videos we've made for your amusement. And thank you so much for listening to this show. Each and every one of you, we have so much gratitude for you. Thank you again. Thanks a lot.